Life Audio. Hey there, friend. Heather Creekmore here today. We're finishing part two of my analysis of the new Gwen Shamblin movie, Starving for Salvation. Friend, good old Gwen puts the cult in diet culture. Last time, I shared with you some of the little disturbing hints of things that are displayed in the movie. And again, we don't know for sure whether or not it's a true story, right? Someone wrote this. But like I said last time, a lot of the account does tend to match the real life accounts you can hear if you watch the Way Down documentary that was on HBO Max a few years ago. So it seems like at least some of the story is verified or true or close to true, but I don't know for sure. But I think there's a lesson in there for us all. And that is that weight loss cannot save us. The false gospel of weight loss as our righteousness, our holiness is just that. It's a false gospel. It's a heresy. And I'm afraid that there's some teaching that has been lingering in the church that has lasted and kind of maybe impacted our mothers or our grandmothers. And so it impacts us now because we heard it and we believed it and we got it from church, which is supposed to be a safe and reliable place to get information. I'm afraid some of what we've been told in church around food and diet was influenced by this woman whom, as you'll hear today was not following Jesus, right? She sold 1.7 million copies plus of her book and her program was in 14,000 plus churches. Friends, it was everywhere. And I think, though I can't prove it for sure, I think some of her teaching is still alive today. So see what you think. Ooh, let's think critically about this. And let's really try to look at this through a biblical lens. What does scripture say is true? That needs to be our guiding force. Let's go. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. So today I'm going to start with the clip that we ended with last time and give you a fuller analysis on it. Here's that clip where Gwen started to go really wrong. People are getting the wrong message here. In church, this is why some people fail at the way down. When you're told that your sins are washed away for nothing, well then, why not keep sinning? Why not be gluttons? It's no wonder that some of our people are gaining their weight back. They hear our message on Wednesday night. They come here and hear this message on Sunday. Well, they figure, why not just keep refilling at the Sunday buffet? Because Jesus paid for it. <laughs> oh, Gwen. I mean, come on. You're, I mean, you're not saying that people should be rejecting Jesus. No, of course not. Just sometimes maybe they need to go over his head 
So this is Gwen's first expression of dissatisfaction with the church because preachers are preaching the message of salvation in Jesus and grace found in Christ. And that's upsetting to Gwen because she doesn't want to embrace grace. She wants horror people that are doing her weight loss program on Wednesday nights to embrace really their own ability to save themselves through controlling what they eat. And she's believing that people in her program are gaining the weight back because of the salvation message. Okay, friends, like if you weren't sure about this being cult, hopefully you're sure now. But here's what I want you to notice. There's no grace. She doesn't need grace. She needs discipline. She doesn't need Jesus. She needs weight loss. She needs results. And friends, I can't point a finger at her without having a couple fingers pointed back at me because I lived like this too. I never did the way down. But in my heart, there was a time period where I wanted the results. I just wanted my weight to change. I wanted to be good enough. I wanted to do it on my own. I was a Pharisee. I believed that my food rules would save me. And I think that's what's happened with Gwen here too. She's become a different kind of Pharisee, but she believes that this weight loss program that she created is what's really saving people, that people are getting closer to God, going over Jesus's head, as she put it, because they are following her program, yikes, and they are losing weight, and that is what's making them holy. Oh, friends, there's all kinds of Bible Christian words in there, but this is not the gospel. This is heresy. So let's see what's happening for Gwen personally as the Way Down program rises in popularity. Here's a clip from their annual conference. I just want to point out that Gwen didn't just make a great diet plan, but she built up a whole community. I mean, look around. This is something beautiful and I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. Oh, it's your heart. Praise God. They're shouting, we want when, because it's hard here. Worship you. Uh, worship is a very big word, David. I don't know. When people start chanting your name, what word would you use? I don't know. Excited, exhilarated, joyful. And they should be. I'm just saying this all. You're just saying what? Just stay Gwen, all right? Well, who else am I going to be? If it makes them feel better chanting my name, it's okay. All I hear is, glory to God. Maybe what they're saying is glory to Gwen. So at this point in the movie, the Way Down Workshop is in 14,000 different churches. 
So as I was saying in the intro, there's a really good shot. Some of Gwen Shamblin's theology, which isn't solid theology, <laughs> some Shamblinology around the Christian faith and losing weight got into your church some way, somehow, right? Because even if it wasn't at your church, there's a good chance someone did it at another church and then moved into the area and started going to your church. <laughs> or there's a chance your church actually offered the program. I've had several clients that have come through my program that were part of a Way Down workshop. And again, at the beginning, I don't think she was way too far off. It seemed like her principles sounded a little bit like intuitive eating. I mean, she wasn't advocating for a specific diet plan. She really wasn't even advocating for specific foods. The original Way Down program was more about just eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full, which is a little oversimplified <laughs> for certain, but it wasn't as wacky as kind of where it ended up going with the church and all the different things. Now, there were some interesting elements to it. Some of the critiques I've read of the book, I have not read the book, but some of the critiques I read on Amazon talked about how she was against exercise um, because she didn't think you needed to be toned. And she wasn't really for eating like a healthy diet, if you will. Like, and again, I'm using the word health in quotations, but she wasn't for focusing on health foods because, and this is kind of funny and ironic, she felt like if you did those things, then you would be getting the credit for your weight loss, not God. So you're supposed to just eat whatever you wanted, sugar, fat, salt, whatever. Um, and, you know, back in the 80s, some of those things were already being demonized. So you could eat whatever foods you wanted to. There's no restriction there, but try not to eat too healthy or exercise because then you're helping God out and God doesn't get all the glory for your weight loss. So a little bit confusing in the messaging there, but you can see already how it's starting to turn into the Gwen show. And I thought it was interesting at the beginning of that clip, how the woman, and this is the same woman that we'll hear in just a minute, who is not going to fit into her bridesmaid's dress for Gwen's second marriage wedding. But the woman is praising Gwen for starting a weight loss company that turns into a community, a community that is worshiping whom? Well, her husband pointed it out, a community that is worshiping Gwen. Friends, that's that technical definition of a cult. Let's listen a little bit more. Let her speak. I have an important message for everybody. The other night, I was praying, and I've been disturbed more and more by some of the messages coming from the modern-day church. What I'm hearing is that we're being given a license to sin through Christ's sacrifice. In church, we're taught that Jesus is equal to God. But how could that be? Because before his crucifixion, Jesus called to God and said, God, God, not my will, but yours, he said. Well, there's a colossal distinction right there. Because Jesus was acknowledging a very clear line of authority with God at the very top. But our churches preach to you, the Holy Trinity. They tell you that the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit are all equal. <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you something. That is simply not true. 
because it is only through God himself directly that you can conquer sin. And any church that tells you otherwise is counterfeit. God has called upon me to warn the people I have been called upon to start a new church. Okay, so this is where it starts to get really creepy, right? Of course, Jesus' sacrifice does not give us a liberty to continue sinning. And all she needed to do was read some of the New Testament, like Romans or Galatians, where we're called to liberty, but we don't use our liberty as an opportunity (laughs) to sin. We have freedom, but not to continue practice sinning. Like Jesus' grace is not a blanket under which we sin. Instead, it is a motivator to help keep us from sin. But again, Gwen's biggest sin concern is overeating, which you're not going to find a verse in the Bible about overeating being a sin. Now, you will find the word gluttony mentioned a few times, and I've done a couple podcast episodes on the concept of gluttony, like I said. But gluttony is really about a heart posture, not about eating extra cookies. It's not about Thanksgiving dinner, which I talked about in the book in the Way Down documentary. You can watch Gwen explain how to eat Thanksgiving dinner without eating Thanksgiving dinner. It's very disturbing. But so you can hear Gwen's clear heresy. She believes she's talking to God directly. She's getting rid of Jesus in the equation and she's denying the Trinity. And from there, we can see how her prioritization of the sin of gaining weight, the sin of overeating, if that is indeed what made someone gain weight. We know there are lots and lots of reasons why people gain weight and why weight fluctuates that have nothing to do with overeating. So that was even a little short-sighted and legalistic and reductionistic in her thinking. But here's how that continues to come out. So this clip is when her husband has finally decided he's had enough. He's watching her take pictures or actually do video promo reels for her new church, the Remnant Fellowship, that she started. And it seems like he's just attending. Now, he used to be a pastor, so I'm not really sure how that worked out. I'd be very curious to know. But he's attending her church and watching all this craziness happens. And this is when he's had enough. We'll listen right after this quick break. Are you tired of constantly telling yourself, I shouldn't feel this way? It's so many of us guilt trip or gaslight ourselves instead of working our way through those complicated feelings. You should be a good friend, even though you feel hurt by past betrayals. You should be content, even though you feel lonely or unfulfilled. We've all been there, haven't we? But what if there is a way to reset these toxic mental tapes that sabotage our days? In her groundbreaking new book, I Shouldn't Feel This Way, Dr. Allison Cook encouraged you to not just silence those thoughts, but actually come face to face with them. You can find emotional freedom. Learn to see through the haze of conflicted feelings and move forward in your life with confidence. Pairing biblically sound principles with over 20 years of research and clinical practice, licensed therapist and best-selling author, Dr. Allison Cook, guides you through a practical three-step process to find the freedom you crave. Change starts when you finally stop beating yourself up for the way that you feel and say, you know what? I do feel this way and I can finally do something about it. Take the first step towards clarity and peace today with I Shouldn't Feel This Way by Dr. Allison Cook. Available now wherever books are sold. It's always about anymore. All this self-promotion, all this recruitment. What God are we selling here? Oh, come on, Dad. With the Son and the Holy Spirit out of the way, just who do you put next in line after God? You? 
It's all coming out now, isn't it? Maybe that emptiness you used to feel was for something completely different. Oh, right. Because I want to be God. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's just become too much for me. I've been holding my tongue about this for too long. I'm done with it. With all of it. Oh, really? Well, maybe that's all for the best. I mean, you've always been a good 30 pounds off message. And I don't need that from my husband. Right? Well, that's interesting. So this is when the movie really kind of turns sad, I think. And... The other fascinating part of this, as you watch it, so Gwen is known for her big hair, right? The higher the hair, the closer to God. And it's fascinating to watch how at the beginning her hair is rather flat. In fact, one of the early appearances she does for her book, the um, makeup person tries to put some hairspray in and she fends them off and is like, no, I don't need any of that stuff. It's for harlots. And then as Gwen's ego gets bigger and bigger, as her pride swells, as she starts the church, as she divorces her husband, her hair gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the movie, they really just do a masterful job of kind of telling the story through the size of her hair. But here, her husband is told that he's 30 pounds off message. Wow. That's what it's about for Gwen. Gwen, here's another one. Beautiful Julie, your vision. Oh, what's the matter? Did you get someone else's dress? No, it's mine. It's just maybe a little tight. I don't think the dress is the problem, Tammy. You have put on a lot of weight. Only a few pounds. Oh, oh my gosh. Tammy. Come on, Gwen. I can lose it. In three days? I can't have you up on the stage looking like 10 pounds of potato shoved in a three-pound sack. Gwen? No, I'm sorry. You cannot be part of my wedding. And unless you can get it together and get back on board, you may as well just leave the church too. Gwen, no, please don't talk like that. I've devoted everything to the church. I gave up everything. Including your trust in God. We are setting an example, people. So this is the same woman that was praising Gwen at the rally, at their first rally, um, after they had so many thousands of churches doing the Way Down program. And now she's become a leader in the church, and she's a friend of Gwen, so she's going to be one of her bridesmaids, and her bridesmaid's dress doesn't fit. And here you can just clearly hear how what's most important to Gwen is image. What's most important to Gwen is that people think that they are godly, but how that is portrayed is through being a certain size. And friends, like if you watch the movie, like the woman that can't get the dress zipped up, she's not very big, which makes it even sadder how disordered and disturbed the notions around body size and what size body we value. Oh, it's just really messed up. And it would be messed up no matter what size she was. Let me be clear about that too. But the teaching here 
is that body size equals holiness, thinness equals holiness. And I wonder how much of that is still in our churches. And if you've heard it in church, if you felt like it, even if it wasn't said, because I don't think anyone would say that expressly, right? Like you can pretty much tell right off the bat, like, no, of course, that's stupid. Like that's, that's not a thing. Oh, but is it implied? And if it is implied, I wonder how much of it came from this woman's teaching. Yikes, we need to categorically dismiss anything that came from this woman, right? She is obviously not talking to God, not listening to God, right? She dismisses Jesus. She's a heretic. She's a false prophet. She doesn't get to tell us anything about theology or Jesus. So yikesville. Here's one last one that's really sad. This is Gwen talking to her daughter the morning after her daughter lost her baby to SIDS. Her baby, five, six months old, died in its sleep to SIDS. And this is how mom comforts daughter about the loss of her child and really ultimately Gwen's grandchild. You have to. We can't let anybody think that this was a punishment from God because it might harm the church. Church, if people think that God is trying to punish us, they might think we've been doing something wrong. But why is God punishing me? He hasn't told me. I've prayed to him. It has been a few months since you gave birth. You haven't lost the baby weight. Here, let's put on some lipstick. And I'm going to just again say that we don't know if this is a true story or not. So I really pray this part isn't true. But what we hear fictionalized in this depiction is Gwen implying that because her daughter hasn't lost her baby weight yet, that God has punished her by taking her baby. Can you imagine a theology or a church that would teach something like that. That's devastating. That's harmful. And it's just wrong. It's just wrong. And so as we kind of close today, I've taken the time to share all this with you just to kind of stir you up and maybe get you a little riled up. Like, I really think you should go see this movie. I watched it on Hulu. It's a Lifetime movie. So you may have another way of accessing Lifetime movie content. Um, There's one little scene that uh, happens right after they get married. But I fast forwarded it. I don't think there's any nudity. I, I think it was like rated PG. But I want to challenge what you've believed in church about dieting, about food rules, about body size, about taking care of your temple, about being a good steward of your body, all those things. I want you just to question, question all of it. And I want you to get in the word and find out what the Bible really says about these things. I take you through it in my 40 day body image workbook. We dig into this. But I want you to see clearly how easy it is to go from having food rules, experiencing some success with weight loss, and then getting fanatical about it. Now, most of you haven't started a cult. (laughs) Most of you haven't started a weight loss program, right? So, you know, we don't have to be black and white thinkers here. 
But I do want you to see the nuance, right? I know personally, when I found things that worked, I did kind of become fanatical about them. Like I was really religious about sticking to those things that work. And I oftentimes tried to convince others, well, this worked for me. You should try this because this really worked for me, right? And what was I espousing then? I was espousing my food rules, my diet rules. I was being an evangelist for my diet or my diet rules. And really, I was being an evangelist of diet culture and whatever specific breed of diet culture seemed to be serving me and my body well. Friends, we are called to the great commission, which is to be an evangelist as disciples of Jesus Christ, to spread his message, not to spread the message of how to get thinner. Oh, and especially not to spread the message of how to get thinner rubber stamped by God. Yikes, watch out for the lightning bolts. Friends, I do believe that if you have a desire to eat in a different way, to change your body so that you feel better, so that maybe it's easier for you to walk or get around or whatever, like I do believe that's something you should include God in. I believe God wants to be part of every part of our lives. But let's not use God to rubber stamp our health goals. Let's come to him surrendered and say, God, my body is yours to do with it what you will. Help me to honor you and the choices that I make. But know that God's not sitting in heaven. This is a line from the book, counting your macros, okay? He knows the number of hairs on your head. He's not counting the calories on your plate. Instead, he wants your heart. He wants you to seek him first. He wants you to love him and love others. And he wants you to believe the gospel, that there is no way that you can eat or no amount of weight that you can lose that will make him love you more or love you less. Friends, it is by faith in Christ alone that we are saved and secure for eternity. Don't let weight loss, the false gospel of weight loss, that once you lose weight, you'll be righteous. Don't let any of those things distract you from what is true. Well, I hope this has been helpful, informative, and maybe even entertaining. Go check that movie out if you have time. You might also want to check out the Way Down documentary series on HBO Max. I'm going to leave you with 1 Peter 5.8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Friends, he devoured Gwen Shamblin through her desire to lose weight and help other people lose weight. That was his gateway in. Don't let him devour or distract you. Thanks for listening today. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. The Compared to Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. For more great Christian content, go to lifeaudio.com. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word Kainos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, 
discussed how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.